All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the London Is Blue podcast. This is your host, Brandon, join my co-host, Nick and Dan, and we're live from Atlanta. Let's go. Come on. Stop three on the tour. Two for me, though. So we, we made it to Atlanta, surviving and thriving. Some of us showed up late. Not a big deal. Drink, Nick, drink need... if you showed up late. <clears throat> Nick, where is Atlanta? It's where the players play. Is that correct? The amount of times I've had to listen to that is unfortunate. Um, but we are super excited. We're at Fado Irish Pub here. Uh, we're hanging out with the Georgia and Atlanta Blues, which are super excited. Give Any it up. members? Any members? Give it up. Come on now. Good. And it's exciting that you guys have two here. It just means more and more people get to get involved. So, uh, Nick, I think we should go ahead and, and kind of talk to these great people. A couple of surprise shout-outs at the start of the, the show. Uh, first of all, give it up for, for Wells here, who just had a baby girl. He's here. He's doing a big job today. Second, a couple of our friends just got engaged uh, a, a few weeks ago. Michael and Lexi right over there. Give Aww. it up. Can you feel the love tonight? And then third is, is near and dear to my heart. My parents are in the back corner there. It's the first live pod. So give it up for them. Couldn't have done it without them. We couldn't have. All right. Um, to kick this off, uh, we've got Wells and Kyle, like we were saying, from Atlanta and Georgia Blues. I think, Dan, we just want to get to know them a little bit and what it's like being in these chapters here in Atlanta. Yeah, we, we actually first want to say thanks you to them so much for helping us coordinate everything, getting this stood up. It's not easy working with the Premier League and Chelsea, and even us, even though we tend to think we are the least... I am a damn delight. That's what some people say. Um, but we want to thank you for helping us get this stood up. We really appreciate it. What's special about supporters here for Chelsea in Atlanta, in the greater Atlanta metro area. I'll, I'll throw it to either of you, and you can jump in first. Um, you know, Atlanta gets a bad rap around the country as being a bad sports town a lot of times. It's an amazing sports town. I mean, because we did just come from Philly. <laughs> it's a different animal, because Atlanta is a big transplant city. There's people from all over the country, all over the world that are here as a melting pot. So what makes it really unique is you have people who are diehard fans of all of their teams. You will find them here in Atlanta. And Chelsea is no exception to that. There are so many people who come out to the pubs every week who, who are here on Saturdays and they are from you know, Europe, and they're from the UK, and they're from Africa, and they're from all over parts of the country. Uh, just like a lot of the gathering that we have here, I've been talking to people from the US uh, Virgin Islands, people from Detroit, there are people from all over who've come to this event, and that just speaks to Atlanta as a whole, as just like, it's a great culture here, and we love the sport of soccer or football, however you want to say it. Some people are going to get offended either way by that, but we have a great great atmosphere and great supporters for sports here in Atlanta. All right, Wells, you got to tell people what's going on today, tomorrow. Help people get ginned up for the, uh, for the experience in Atlanta. Sure, absolutely. So uh, we're doing this now. Yeah. Uh, so That's this what's is up. The, the, start of, the start of festivities. 
will go well into the evening if it's anything like Orlando last year. Shout out to my people who were there. Yes. Uh, and so this is the first stop on the tour in Atlanta. And then tomorrow, uh, feel free to get here when the pub opens. I have not you know, fully disclosed with them because they're probably going to stay open later than usual for us tonight. So here's to that. Uh, but we will likely be able to get in here around 11 or a little later tomorrow. Uh, real events will start around 3.30. Uh, at 3.30, we will have um, the official Chelsea marketing team and promotional team. If you've been following the tour, you know who these guys are. Uh, I won't mangle his last name, but Zach, who runs the promotions for them. Zach Gillette. All right, there we go. Thank you. That's what you're here for. <laughs> uh, so, so Zach Gillette will be here, and he will be helping run the raffle and giveaways that they're going to be doing. So great opportunity to win some incredible merch. I can tell you from their stop in Atlanta for the trophy tour that we're talking signed jerseys and all numbers of crazy items that you could never dream of having. So I uh, definitely recommend being, being there for that. At 4 o'clock, there will be an appearance by a certain someone who is, I mean, he's pretty much on the level of Dave. He was bought for about seven million pounds, and in his first year, he won Chelsea the Champions League hey. on a bad leg. Mr. Gary Cahill Let's will be here tomorrow. Go. Give it up for Gaz. So that's going to be huge. And uh, he'll be here for an interview and then also uh, to get, you know, your snazzy selfies and, and uh, whatever. Probably, I'm, I don't want to you know, promise things, but he might sign a few things for you. He, so he's actually the nicest dude. So don't be, a, don't be afraid. Yeah. So, so that'll all lead up, uh, to kickoff. Uh, again, uh, kickoff on the pitch is at eight 15 tomorrow night. Um, for those of you who have never been to Mercedes Benz or are in from out of town, this is one of the premier stadiums in the entire world and therefore the universe. And you will enjoy it tomorrow night. Uh, I would say get there you know, after you've partied enough here and are ready to get there before kickoff. Sounds good. Well, super excited about all of that. Uh, a little bit of pressure. Chelsea are two for two on preseason. Kyle, we, we going to do the, the triple? We going three for three? Put it in the bank. We're going right. to win that triple. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, any players that you are most excited to see in person, assuming none leave overnight because, you know. <laughs> That's always a possibility. Um, somebody who I've really enjoyed watching this preseason as they've come into their own uh, is Mudrich. Uh, I, I really am, give it up for Mikhailo Mudrich, please. Yeah, like, <laughs> came to the club under you know really really tough circumstances with everything going on in the Ukraine uh, into one of the most chaotic seasons I think we've ever seen uh, as Chelsea fans in recent memory. Um, he stuck through it, and now he's really starting to find form. And I, I think just his speed is going to carry us a long way, not just in this match tomorrow, but throughout the entire season. I really, really like the things that I'm seeing out of him as he's, like, bonded with his team and they grow together. You know, Dan, I think he was one of the four players I was excited to see this preseason. The, the one of the four players? Yeah, one of the one you were supposed to select? Yeah, that works really well for you. Talk about selection. We're going to Mercedes-Benz Stadium for the first time tonight. The three of us are, are tomorrow night. All of us are going to be going there. What's the 
if you haven't filled up on food here before the game somewhere else, what's the sneaky, this was Nick's question, the sneaky food option I that people food. need to be considering? Here's the weird thing about it. It's not really that it's a sneaky food option, it's the pricing. Everything is a good option because it's all going to be way more affordable than it is at these premier events anywhere else in the country. So um, I'd love to give you one. Nick's going to get mad at me. I'm probably going to say barbecue. But uh, we're competing with Kansas City, I know. Uh, but there are a lot of other options. I think they have chicken and waffles. That's probably a good recommendation. Hell I'll yeah. let Kyle default on the other one. I got one. Uh, hot Press Express. This Go get a Hot Press Express from the stadium. Uh, it is a pulled brisket mac and cheese, oh. uh, like Texas toast. Like It is insane. Why have we not seen that on Footy Scran yet? The heart the, the, attack. The culture express. of Atlanta is failing if we've not seen that on Footy Scran. Yo, yo. <laughs> we got to keep something for ourselves. So, like, I'm, I'm letting the secret out of the bag, but, like, hot press express at the stadium. I respect that. Okay. Um, look, finally, with you guys, we're doing a couple of sneaky surprises tonight. Uh, we're going to give away a Fanatics gift card so that when Chelsea's home kit is available, uh, God knows when that will be, that you can purchase one for yourself. Maybe sponsorless, maybe not. Uh, Wells, who is going to win our first Fanatics gift card? Well, I'm going to tell you that, and I'm really quick going to sneak in that the person I want to watch tomorrow is Andre Santos because there's, there's a certain someone from a club, and we don't talk about other players in other clubs. We sure don't. And guess what? We're gonna, my hot take is if that doesn't come out the other side, then guess what? Andre Santos is your man. So, All right. Anyway, and the winner of tonight's Fanatics gift card, or one of the Fanatics gift cards. One card, of two. Is... Graham Sadler. Graham, Graham Sadler. Sadler. Get up here. He's right there. Yes. Wow. You're already up here, but come talk to us after. You're Congra good. Congratulations. You're the, the new owner of a to-be-announced kit. So that'll be uh, excited to get that to you. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. We appreciate that. Give you it up. just set that here on the Chaos and Trophy shirt. Shout out if you want one. Give it up for this uh, great, wonderful Fado staff here. Please take care of your servers and your bartenders tonight. They're amazing. Absolutely. All right, everybody. It's producer Jake interrupting the Atlanta Live pod to say that we're going to jump to an ad break real quick. Thank you so much to our sponsors, and we will be right back. All right. Well, now, you know, we've been doing these uh, weekly summer updates, Dan. There's no yeah. reason to stop since we're on the road. We shouldn't. We didn't do it for yet this week, so I guess it's time to roll yeah. into it. First one up is Connor Gallagher. Uh, all of you at this point know Naz broke the story. Connor Gallagher potentially up for sale. Doesn't necessarily want to leave, but the club are hearing offers, Dan. Where do we go with this industrious, goal-scoring capable, youth-loving, through-the-cobham-ranks player? What do we do? Well, I think you need to set the stage appropriately, which is an important part of that. So we know that he was a player that Everton put a bid in for, 45 million pounds in January. The club didn't necessarily know that you need both an agreement between the club and the player to move a deal forward. A lot of firsts. Very of important. Firsts. Um, so that did not move through at that time. Now... Other clubs are interested. You have Tottenham and West Ham in particular, both interested in Connor. The value that the club has is close to 50 million on Connor. 
So it's not necessarily that they want to sell him, but if they got an offer at around, around that 50 million mark, they would feel comfortable selling him. West Ham have had a first bid rejected, 37 million plus five, so 42 million consecutive. Um, if it got closer to that 50, Chelsea might want to go forward with that. And so I think the, the question here is going to be, Nick, what's different now in that Chelsea would want to consider, would want to consider moving on Connor because it feels like you're seeing some good performances in the preseason here. He's giving you a role option in terms of being able to play a little further forward, a little deeper back, not necessarily as perfect or the ideal option for any position, but his positional flexibility is something that you would want to consider from a squad building perspective. Yeah, it's really interesting because, I mean, we all know that he's really a, an eight, right? And he, he would be great in a 4-3-3 and able to advance the ball up. But uh, it really seems as if Maurizio Pochettino is committed to the 4-2-3-1. And in that case, if we have an abundance of eights, which we kind of have, you need to find a real six um, if that's not going to be his best role. And so I think that might be the reason that they're thinking about selling him is that they're just simply not going to play eights this year. And then they're going to play a couple of tens or, or more wingers. And it's unfortunate because I think if you've, if you watch Connor, he really does play for the badge. I mean, I absolutely love watching him play. Even if it's not perfect yet, you have to remember he's only 22. Right. And I don't know if you were 22 at one point, but you were probably not your best self at that point. Um, so he's a player that if it were up to me, I would choose to have as part of the squad. So, so the other thing to consider, the club just went through a situation with Mason last year, the contract. The difference now, Connor has two years left on a deal. The club has the best leverage in this situation in this moment if they are going to make a decision. And we are aware that no contract has been offered to Connor at this point. So we know no contract, two years left, potentially not the starter fit in any one of the midfield positions. That's where this whole potential terming of being surplus to requirements has kind of come down the line. And that's where, even though he's a much cheaper option in terms of building a squad, there's a potential thought that maybe if you get him out, you can put in another one of the talented individuals you're looking at in the market today. So, so there are two other considerations, right? Spurs and West Ham both need homegrown talent, which is the reason why he's so attractive. Is not only is he kind of a Premier League proven midfielder, He's also, you know, someone that would kind of help them fulfill requirements. The other thing to consider, too, is that for Chelsea, he's pure profit off the books. And so if you're pursuing someone else, that really becomes an easy scenario to go purchase a Mohamed Kudus, for example. There's a lot of ways to splice it. Uh, you know, I think that Connor offers a lot. I think he can flex kind of like Mason. Do we know what his best position is? A lot of questions to be said. The whole playing for the badge thing, I index highly. I think it's super important, you know, especially with a team where Reese James really consistently, like other than that, you kind of, everyone else is, is moved on at that point. You think back to like the, the 2012 Champions League when you had the spine, you know, Czech, JT, Lampard, Drogba with a ton of supporting cast. The other argument I've heard is, could you go get someone better for 40, 50 million? That's a lot of money. It really is for a young player like that. It's just, it feels like there's like a selling spree right now. And I don't know if I have the trust that there's the plan to backfill all of them. 
which is, I think, my biggest concern is the unknown. Sell Connor, what comes the other way? Exactly, and, and when you have the, the wage issue that Chelsea's had, which they've cleared a lot of off the books, Dan, you really need to backfill with players who are not going to completely tip your wage book over. I mean, that's the, the major concern. When you give Raheem Sterling 350 grand last year for, for three seasons and he doesn't perform up to that level, you can't then have like eight of those players on the book. So you need to go find someone who's gonna be relatively cost effective. Cor correcting past mistakes though, with selling future potential does theme, not seem like the ideal strategy. Theme of the summer, correcting past mistakes. Yeah, there's a lot going into this. Uh, the new technical directors, obviously we talked about this in Philly, Vivelle left. He was the multi-club model man. Apparently he felt like his opinions were not being valued. So he left. So that kind of leaves Win Stanley and Stewart at the helm, really, driving the ship. So uh, good or bad, that's where we're at with them. But uh, temp check, Connor, are we yay, Connor, nay, Connor? Where are we at in the room? Hit it up for yay, yay. Connor. All right. What's Atlanta up, loves Connor Gallagher. I hear you. Are you, are you pro Connor? Oh, okay. We've got a couple of C's as well. I've got a house divided in the front row here. <laughs> Tough luck. Um, the only thing I could see is the potential 4-2-3-1. He'd have to most likely play out wide if you've gotten Kuka in the 10. That's the only way I could kind of stomach it. And uh, we have been linked to some wide attackers, which we'll get to. But then out of nowhere... Trevo Chalaba apparently is also available for the right price, Nick. One that is really grinding your gears a bit. This is grinding my gears. This is pissing me off pretty significantly because not only is he a, a really good defender, but given Fafana's injury, to replace him would be way more expensive than to keep him. He is a Premier League quality defender, someone who just wore the captain's armband six days ago and is a really great citizen by all accounts and someone that I think really fits the club's culture. So I really don't understand this at all. Um, you know, I think there have been some moves this summer that have been really savvy, Dan. This would not be under the category of savvy. This would be stupid. I don't know if it's necessarily stupid as just the, the fact that it weakens your squad in multiple areas to make the move just feels misguided. So think about the fact that Trev has played a defensive mid position before, can play across a back three, can play in a back four as a central center back, could play left-sided if needed to, played the end of last season as a right back because of injuries and did a better job than the actual individual in that position. This is a really odd one because you also don't there's no rush to sell Trev. Now, the issue is if Trev feels like he doesn't have a pathway forward because you've now brought in Batty Ashiel, you have Levi Colwell coming back. Yes, Thiago Silva is still here for at least another season, but he could. Again, he's, he's getting older. He's getting probably near the end of his time in the Premier League. He's talked about going back to Brazil at some point to end his career. And you've seen now links to Mark Gurhi as a potential comeback. I think that just feels super misguided. And why are we trying to take weapons away from Pochettino as he's just getting started, as he's complimenting how the squad is gelling, as we've seen in the, either the videos the club has put out, in the training session in Raleigh, in the pre and post matches of all the games, that this, this squad, after what was a really, really tough last season, feels like there's a gel and a connective tissue there. 
And Trev absolutely is a positive connection guy that you would want to maintain on this team. Well, and if you, if you lose Trev, I, we all know that Mark Gurhey's been brought up as a potential replacement, but that's the captain of Crystal Palace. Like, he will expect to play, and I don't know if that's realistic. And so you're, you're selling someone for 40 or 50 million, you're replacing with the same player, that person's still gonna be upset that they're not playing. So it's like, what do you, what's the real end game there? It seems really odd. I mean, you definitely need one in, one out. There's no doubt about it. We're one Tiago Silva hamstring away from a shit crisis. So there's no doubt about that. I don't know if Cucurella can play right center back or right back center back. Please no. Uh, which just means it's a whole awkward, weird shift at that point. And so there's no doubt about this one. What it seems like, everybody, is that he's available. Everybody is available for the right price. But if Chelsea are actively shopping Connor and Trevo, I think it's very concerning. Um, because I, my biggest concern right now is like the mass exodus of players. It seems like Bully and Bedad have figured out how to sell players and they are just doubling down. They're excited. The thrill of the sale has caught them. And Naz, which by the way, is breaking everything this tour, he said that Chelsea's loan army is about to get a few new recruits, uh, continuing to put guys out there on loan now. They're getting into that. More young players going to be sold. Is anybody else besides me concerned about a max exodus of players, or do you not worry that Chelsea are just going to go buy the best ones? Any concern? Yay? Sure, if you're concerned. We're less than a month away from the season starting. To get in new players, to get them bedded in and go, again, there's always a concern. I mean, what, what's the magic number? Five, maybe six? Well, it's... I mean, based on the preseason, these players take two full weeks to get up to Pacha's fitness, right? And if you take two full weeks out of the rest of the calendar, you only have two weeks until the season starts. So, yeah, we're, we're in crunch time now. It's going to be really difficult. If you don't have a player that you want starting against Liverpool in the squad by August 1st, you are likely not going to see them start at this point. Now, it's not to say that they might not be at the fitness level because they're most likely with a team currently who's getting up to speed, but it's about building the connections. Like, the, the starting 11 for Liverpool has already taken shape, and you could start to pencil in some individuals today who are likely going to start because where they're at from a conditioning perspective and where they're at from a system perspective. The issue is going to be is if you start pulling pieces out and plugging in, now you're really fracturing what Pochettino is trying to accomplish. And so you're almost even pulling him back from the initial success that he could have by making so many changes and leaving it so late. Yeah, like we're two weeks away from Andre Santos playing in midfield against Liverpool. Like that's how I feel about that. So, yeah. I, I well, don't actually mind that, though. <laughs> we'll see. There's a lot to be defined. But on a more positive note, on the acquisition front... Moises Caicedo. Is any, it positive? Any, any fans of uh, Moises Caicedo by chance? Who wants Caicedo? You can't have him, so boo. Apparently 100's the magic number. Uh, there's a bit of a stall, according to the news, is that Chelsea have made a couple offers to Brighton, but they've both been rejected, and there's no new movement. Brighton have the price. They know what they want to do. Dan, wouldn't you think that someone who used to work for Brighton would be able to navigate this deal? Really good question, Dan. You would hope a more intimate knowledge of the inner workings would set you up for success in a negotiation with a, another club. I mean, we know they have a price. 
They want Levi Colwell. We don't want to give up Levi Colwell. You, you can't have him. And we don't want to pay that price. And so there is an effective impasse. And so unless you're going to pay the price and pay above the market value, think about that. There's a buying club in Chelsea. There's a selling club in Brighton. And there's a player camp in Caicedo. We need another Instagram post. We need a flashback to January when he was posting on Instagram like, hey, I'm sorry. I'm going to be the record sale for this club, and you should accept the deal. I, camera three, Pannon. Caicedo, we need you to post four more Instagram posts this week just to get this deal done. I mean, it, it is wild to think that we've been chasing him for the better part of six months and are no closer today than we were six months ago. So I don't want to get bodied in the media by Deserby. That's a problem, right? He can't just go out there, chat shit, tempt Colwell to come in, and then parade around with Caicedo. Chelsea have to go in with a heavy hammer and get this done and remind them how this works. Uh, this is the make-or-break week. They need to unveil him by the time he gets to D.C., and there's no ifs, ands, or buts. The clubs are in the same city. They're going to be traveling around the country together. It's going to be really easy for them to have drinks at the Four Seasons Hotel and hash this out. <laughs> Late-breaking news of the Four Seasons. Um, <laughs> look, uh, yeah, the Four Seasons landscaping, that's a great shout. <laughs> um, uh, look, I, I do think... Brighton want to take this to the end because they want Chelsea to be desperate, right? Chelsea cannot let that happen. And if you're not going to do the deal at 100 and there is no middle ground between there, then you have to go find another option. There is no other way to do it. Dan, you did the pod with Sam, right? CFC Central. What are the other options? Surely you guys talked about contingency plans. I mean, the, the initial option was Manuel Angarte, who went to Paris Saint-Germain, so that did not happen. The other option Boo. was Declan Rice. Uh, that, he went to Arsenal. Boo. And so now you start going to, like, the B tier of players, and you're the, buying... The, the hipster tier. It is a very much a hipster tier. It is uh, black rim glasses and uh, you know, Converse and trying to figure out exactly what we can put together. Um, so Salzburg has a player, uh, Lucas Garana-Dorath, who's potentially someone who could be a potential player like that. Now, the, the question is, can he have the hockey stick-like growth that Moises Caicedo had in the Premier League? He's played more league games than Caicedo has at a top-tier level, but they're not necessarily... The ball possession would be kind of interesting to see if he can maintain that in the Premier League. It's not, I would say, elite enough yet or at the level of Caicedo. Romeo Lavia is another one from Southampton that is interesting. I don't know if he's a primary starter relative to where Caicedo is a plug-and-play replacement for what you were looking for and like what N'Golo Conte could do to lock down a game. You also have the fact that he is wanted by Liverpool. Southampton want 50 million pounds for him as a target. And at that point, like you do need to be looking at a, a you know Caicedo and going all out or looking at the... Uh, you know, Lucas Grandarath as like a 25-5 is what AC Milan is looking at getting him for. Like those are probably more realistic options. Um, or you just roll with Santos and you say, we're going to bet on Santos playing a little bit deeper and being an integral part of our midfield this season. If, if you don't get Caicedo, I mean, you, you really have to figure out what you're going to do in midfield because we don't have a, a number of sixes at the club right now unless you slot Trev into the six. I mean, 
it, it is pretty bleak right now when you look at the midfield depth and, and trying to figure out outside of Enzo, who, God bless him, but if he gets hurt, we're totally screwed, where anything else comes from. I would say that the opportunity of Caicedo, you have an unobstructed run at him. This will not last. Someone else will come in next summer. This is the best chance you have to get Caicedo, get it done, maximize the opportunity. Uh, but time is running out really quickly. There's some other attackers that uh, Chelsea have been... Uh, I just completely lost the word. We've been tied to. We've uh, been rumored to be Targeting. interested in. And the first one that we want to talk about is uh, Mohamed Kudus and then Michael Lise. But before we get there, crowd, our lovely people here, I have a question for you. Knowing what you know about the current Chelsea team, if I gave you a choice between a wide attacker who scores about every other game, non-penalty goals, because we don't count the J5 stat, or someone who can create an assist about every three games, what do you want right now? Can I hear it for goals? And what about assists? All right. That is, that is correct, by the way. Well done. So do you know who that means we need? Is that Mohamed Kudus? It would be. He's the, he will not create, but he will score. Olise will create a ton for other players around him. Not as much of a goal scorer. So, Nick, Mohamed Kudus, Ajax. Really, really talented player. If you watch the World Cup with Ghana, he nearly broke the net with a goal in the World Cup. Um, absolutely fantastic talent. Only 22. Leadership ability. Someone who kind of slots in in and around wherever you need him to be. Uh, speed, power, uh, I think just a player that would fit Chelsea. And we've done pretty well with Ghanaians over the years at Chelsea. So um, someone who I think, Dan, would be a really great player. Not Premier League proven, have to say that, coming from Ajax. But uh, if he's anything like Noni Matueke, then we're going to be okay. Yeah, I mean, a couple things he's a target of Arsenal as well. So they're interested in Kudus too. You have a fact that he likely goes for somewhere between 40 to 50 million pounds would be a likely number that Ajax would ask. It might give you a way back to get Ziyech off of the team who has not been able to... Wouldn't that be a blessing, honestly? It would be good to continue to continue the moving on of players who are not integral to the first team. I think that he is more likely to situate in, and he is likely the reason if Connor's leaving, Kudus is coming in. That, that feels like the natural movement that's going to take place. Uh, I think that he has a well-rounded skill set, strong international player in addition to playing for his team, and the price seems relatively fair relative to what he's going to bring. Well, I mean, if the 4-2-3-1's here to stay, it's definitely an area we can beef up. Obviously, Pulisic is headed out. Uh, we've had a handful of players. Ziyech is kind of the next one on that list. Uh, Aubameyang has just left to go to Marseille, and they had to let him go for free, which is a bit tough. Bringing in a, a wide attacking player who can score goals. Look, the last game we saw, Jackson loves an assist. Give it Love, up for Nico Jackson. Ian Matson played so close to the striker as the left winger, and they were just moving things in in a one-two around the box. The connection play and the target play, I think this really adds to Kudus's plug-and-play ability in this team. The other one being Olise from Crystal Palace, the easy connection is that he came through Chelsea's academy, 
not the whole time, but he spent a good amount of time there. He's now at Crystal Palace, really had a breakout season last season, put people on skates, mainly created, but in that team, he wasn't needed to score. That wasn't his role. So Dan, what was the Elise talk? So Elise, great one-to-one defender. Attacker, uh, attacker. Um, great one-to-one in terms of making defenders look terrible. Few teams had more challenges scoring last season than Chelsea. Crystal Palace was right there in terms of making life difficult for their attackers. And Elise had 11 of their total assists, so they scored one more goal than us over the entire season. And he contributed to about a third of their total assist volume last year and didn't even get the entirety of the minutes over the campaign. So I think, in general, he's a very exciting prospect. Um, he likely is going to fill a void in attack, uh, so he'll play kind of a little more out, out wide, outright. Um, probably predicates like a future plan, I would say, within one year to move Raheem Sterling on, would be my guess, if you're looking at where he comes into the side. He did previously have a release clause, but the extension he signed removed that. So now Chelsea are negotiating from a position of saying, well, we think his value is 35, and Crystal Palace is going to probably come back and say, well, we think his value is 50, and you're going to find out where that is. The other thing is he does have a hamstring injury, so you don't know when he's going to be available if you sign him. So even if you sign him today or tomorrow... He's, he wouldn't be starting against Liverpool. He probably doesn't even get in for the first two to three matches. So I would just keep that in mind. Very exciting prospects. Uh, both of them would be great additions to Chelsea's attack. But also, it's a subtraction game, too. You're losing someone like Connor if you bring in both of these players. It, it's kind of why I think Kudus is the right option, because I want to see Nodi Matawake cook this year. I want to see him go. And I think he is that player already. And I, I think if you bring in Elise, that could potentially stunt one or the other because they both play on that right-hand side. They're both quick. They're both technical. They both have a great left foot for the in-swinger. And I know watching Palace last year that uh, Elise loved that in-swinger to a tall striker. We don't have a tall striker. <laughs> so it would be a little bit of a challenge if that's going to be the same passage of play. So options, right? Uh, the club need to make some decisions very quickly. Potch has been in charge, what, 25 days now? He probably has a decent idea of what he's got. Um, a, a one way to help decide that is with the match tomorrow. So obviously taking on Newcastle, right? We're saving Fulham for the end, the boring one. Um, I, line up expectations for tomorrow. I have one request outside of Bettinelli, which, look, we all want to see. It's not happening. I want to see at left back. I want to see Matson. We have to see him play left back. Everyone else has gotten a chance. He's played left wing. You need to give him competitive minutes so we know exactly what we have with him at left back. Give it up for Ian Matson in preseason. Holy shit. Kid has been cooking. Um, yeah, I would love to see Matson play left back. Just see what he's like defensively. He has not had that burden of defensive responsibility yet, and I would love to see that. Uh, I also think you have to see Mudrik for nearly nearly 90 minutes. You gotta see what that guy can do. The speed, I, everyone's seen the clip now, but it was coming toward Brandon, and he got that clip, and he's like, it's the fastest player I've ever seen. 
Well, okay, if, if West Fofana compares him to Mbappe, Dan, and goes, Mudrick's faster than Mbappe, and it's not even close. Definitive. Definitive speed. We're an SEC country. Speed kills. Uh, so a couple other things that you want to look for. We know Pochettino, after the game, talked about how he wanted to see Jackson and Nkunku play together. So I think getting to see I them... I, too, want to see that. You know, defenses in the Premier League are not going to want to see that this season. I am excited to see that tomorrow, getting to watch them play together and attack. I think that you add Mudrick in there as well. Um, and that, and probably, I would imagine, Sterling on the right gives you that four attackers. I, 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 I know I that's I want to see Matoeke, man. Uh, I want to well, see him. I, I, I bet you see him for 45. I don't think you see him for the full uh, the full 90. Again, this is trying to get everybody back up to fitness. Same thing for, like, Reese James. You're not going to see a full 90, even though Reese was doing the press conference today with Pochettino. He probably gets 45. Malaguso probably gets 45. You see Levi Colwell might get the 90. Tiago Silva will get the 45. Trev will get a 45. So if you think about it, it, it's all about just minutes and allocating them across the squad appropriately so that you get a lineup that now is ready for the next game and the next game so that they're closer to full match fitness against Liverpool. Was that Chelsea's Levi Colwell? <laughs> yes, not Brighton's Levi Colwell. It's fascinating. That's Chelsea's Levi Colwell, people. Uh, looked good. A little, a little shaky at the end there. I think was a little cramp at the end, but... Has to start. I mean, honestly, when you lose Fafana and Batty Shields not there, that's your starter against Liverpool. So I think at this point we've got an idea. Um, you know, you Angelo, Angelo definitely caught some eyes as well, but there's going to have to be rotation in the midfield. Enzo's not going to play 90. Santos has played a lot of minutes. I, I guess you're going to run Connor out, even though he's potentially on the old trading block. Well, that'll be fascinating, right? Because if Connor doesn't play, you kind of know what's going on. Uh, if he does play, then, then maybe not. Business Ca as usual. Cassidy has been interesting. What's the vibe on Cassidy out there? Fans? No fans? Okay. I, I bet Cassidy plays tomorrow. He has to. Just has to at this point. Make up the numbers. We don't have yeah, a midfield. For sure. Um, well, I'm excited to see where it goes. There's going to be a ton of rotation. I can tell you guys here in Atlanta, that's the one thing we've seen. Lots of rotation, lots of subs. Potch isn't going to stop that. Uh, we even saw a few of the academy graduates uh, jump in the last few minutes of the game. The one player that stood out to you this preseason, Dan, uh, you've gotten to see three games now. Who is Whose stock has risen the most? We've seen two games. We will have seen three. Have you, have you already seen tomorrow's it feels, result? It feels like three, but anyways, go ahead. How does it feel like three? I don't understand your concept of time. Anyway, I would say my uh, Victor Moses player of the preseason. Slanderous. Ross Barkley <laughs> player of the preseason to you, sir. It would be, be uh, Nico Jackson, I think, has to be the player of the preseason so far. We, we didn't see a lot of goals last year. but uh, So seeing someone who can score uh, you know, in movement, who also can assist as the primary attacker up front, is very exciting. He also, if you haven't read it yet, there was a phenomenal interview he did with the uh, Fist Stand app or the Chelsea FC where he made comments. Uh, that, so I love and respect King Didier, of course, but I want to go on and be more than him. If I get as far as those three, Anelka, Draba, and Ba, that's a great start, but I want to be higher than them. Like, he is setting an extremely high bar 
for what he wants his success at Chelsea to be. And I know Brandon's like, whoa, 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 cool your Jets, cool your Jets, cool your Jets. But I want confidence from our number nine to say, hey, I'm going to go out and score a lot, and I'm going to be the best damn striker that Chelsea's ever seen. That is where we need the mentality to be. Yeah, oh, Mar nice. Maratza said the same shit. Look how that turned out. I'm not saying he's the same. Just come in and prove yourself. To talk about one of the biggest legends in please, the club. Please don't compare the two. No, they're one of the biggest legends in the club. And for you to set that as like a low bar is insane. You haven't even done anything. I hope he kills it. That's a crazy thing to say. It's a fine line between confidence and insanity. Who's your... No, uh, you go ahead, because I have the uh, right answer. I just want to hear what oh, you have to say. Is it Bettinelli? Is that what it is? You know how many lattes he's had? Didn't even have to play a minute, and he was the, Brandon's favorite the player. The lattes per minute on Bettinelli is just tremendous. Uh, Malo Gusto, so far, has been my player of the preseason. In a world where Reese James is not consistently healthy, if we don't have that guy there, we're in real trouble. So Malo Gusto, uh, I think, matched up well with Matoma. There are a few trickier wingers in the Premier League than Matoma. Uh, of course, you know, I think the heading ability maybe needs a little bit of work, but uh, the way that he matched up one-on-one, -on -one, the way that he physically bodied him, he put his body in front of the ball, didn't foul Matoma a lot, which is really hard to do. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Malagusto so far, and he's been asked to do a hell of a lot, so there's some trust building there. Brandon, yeah. what's your correct answer? Look, guys, good shouts, right? No, no one's wrong here except you two, but uh, Christoph Nkunku, he is so good. He glides around the pitch. His ability, his skill is top-notch. I didn't realize just how good he is until I watched him play. He is a delight. We, we were talking in the last pod. When you watch it from the press box, some of the touches from high-lofted balls that he's just dropped down on his foot and then made quick turns with is insane. Like, he is a quality, quality player. ton of confidence, ability to take people one-on-one, -on -one, bring them in, and score goals. He is going to be dangerous this season, so I'm really excited about him. Should we pause? Let's do, pause. Do a little Q&A. What do you guys think? Do you guys have any questions you want to ask about the, the summer so far? If you do, come on up. We have a microphone here. If you have a question, come up, grab the microphone, ask Don't it. Don't be scared. You'll want to hold it close and speak into it. All right, everybody, producer Jake, one more time to interrupt the guys at the live pod say we are jumping to an ad break thank you so much to our sponsors and we will be right back for the end of this one let's go Umbro. And introduce yourself say who you are where you're from and then ask your question oh, whoa, 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 like, one sec i got you yeah hello tyler from atlanta hey what's up what is the hot take on cucarella the hot take on cucarella I feel like I'm being baited in to say something I might regret later. Uh, look, it's not a hot take. Poch has to figure it out. You can't have three left backs. He has about a week to figure out, is it Ian Motson, which is why I wanted him. I want him to play so we can see him. He's gotten time to see him Cucurella play, and he's had. we know how good Chiwell is. Chiwell is class. He's in. So now it's Cucurella or Motson. The only problem, Nick, is if you decide it's not Cucurella, can you move him? No. I mean, unless you, it's like a cut price for like $15 million, that's the issue. So as a saleable asset, Motson is a far more saleable asset. But or, he's loan also, or loanable. He's also a far better player in my mind. The, the, the issue is the transition away from a back three to a back four. 
Kukure is not a left back. He is not a left back in a back four system. He's, he's good as a left-sided center back or potentially an option in a five across or four across where he's playing the left wing back. But in this system, he's not going to give Poch exactly what he's looking for because what you've seen in preseason, like when you watch Chilwell play, the diagonal run inward that he makes to the center of the goal and the interchange with whoever's playing like the left-sided forward is incredible, the way that they interchange. And Kukurea, that's just not what he is in terms of his skill set. You, you're not going to be able to move him, though. I just, I just don't see a partner who's going to buy him, and you're kind of stuck with a bad decision. I think you might end up carrying both of them, and now you might have a situation where Kukurea ends up playing, unfortunately, and Matson might not get the minutes he deserves, but he is, he is the number two in this, in my mind, if I'm building the squad out. Next up. Hey, I'm Zach from... Oh, <laughs> You got I'm, it. You, you can hold it. It's, it's not cursed. Zach from Asheville, North Carolina. Who has impressed you more, Casade or Santos? Uh, I'll take this. I, I love Santos, personally. I think while Casade has the like big wow moments where he can dribble through a few people and, and make it look great, positionally, Santos has been excellent. And what I love about Santos is that there's no thought about where the ball is going to go. The ball is going to go here, here, or here. And he consistently moves it quick enough where the defenses can't pile in. If you watch the Brighton game, they consistently put three players on one of our midfielders. He was never one of those players because they could not catch him. So the fact that he's already that mature and is able to move the ball that quickly, I, I just love I think they kind of play off each other. Santos is where it starts, high possession, safe, whereas Cassidy is the driving runs, kind of like what we saw Chuck Omeka. So when he came in for Chuck Omeka, we saw a lot of turn on the ball and run and drive. I think Santos is happy to stay back, trail, and kind of support the play as it goes. Um, I would say Santos is tidier, but he's asked to do less in that role. Um, I, I've gone on record. I want to see Cassidy go on loan and get heavy minutes. Um, because I think he, he would benefit from it. Santos is closer to starting for Chelsea this season than Cassidy is. And so you get him on loan. The lesser loan is a really good idea. You'll be fighting to get promoted in the championship. You get a ton of minutes, get an opportunity to really embed himself into the game. Santos has played at an extremely high level. It's going to be interesting because he's been playing much further forward when he played for Vasco or when he played for Brazil. And so you, uh, you would get to see him develop a different side of his game, but he, very, very talented. Like Either way, I think Chelsea are bene like benefiting because you are acquiring really talented young midfielders. And so if one of them pops, that now is a 70 million, 80 million pound investment that you made at a 20 million, $25 million price. They're both also leaders. I mean, they're both leaders of their, of their young national teams. You can't put a price on that, as we know. So, yep. Yeah, appreciate that. Anyone else have a question? Yeah. Hey, London is Blue. Welcome to Atlanta. My name is Ashwath. I'm from Atlanta. It's where the players play. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, According to you, what is the what is a realistic eleven that you desire when we play against Liverpool? And you cannot say Bettinelli. My desired eleven is my desired eleven. Um, yes, what would our what our desired eleven be? I mean, it kind of picks itself in certain terms, right? I think your back four, if Silva's healthy, he's playing. It's going to be next to Levi Colwell. Reese James is right back. Ben Chilwell's a left back. Kepa's in goal by default. I think that's built, right? 
Enzo, Enzo Fernandez is going to play. Who is around him is the question. If it's, Santos. if it's as of today, you could maybe go Santos and Connor just with the pieces we have. But then up front, you guys, this is where you can differentiate. I'm thinking Nico Jackson's going to get the start. I think Sterling's going to start, and I think Matawake might. It's it's going to be the fittest team. Like I mean, like that 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 is what preseason's about is preparing for the first game of the season. And so it, it's maybe not our preferred eleven at the end of the day. If we gave us all players on 11. equal opportunity, equal footing, I actually think Malaguso could start over Reese James, depending upon how quickly Reese James scales up. Totally, but that agree. is a very realistic thought. I think that Sterling makes sense because he will have played more minutes, even though he might not be everybody's preferred attacker. He will be in the best condition to go head to head with someone on the opposite side of the ball. You know, Liverpool taking a very different approach to preseason than Chelsea or other teams. They are staying very close in, to England and in Germany and the rest of um, of Europe to try to get ready and rebuild with some heavy rotation in their squad as well. They're, they're going to be just as ready and up for that game as we are, and it's going to be a real fight. Sterling on the right, Mudrick on the left, Nkunku in behind, Nico Jackson up top. If you don't throw Mudrick at whatever position Trent is playing, you're a moron. So Mudrick burns him all day. Let's go. All right, next up. What's up, guys? Uh, my name's Jeff. I'm from Indianapolis. Right. Oh, what's and, up, Indy? Uh, I just have one quick question. Why not us? Oh. Why not us? Wow. A, a bold proclamation a, from our guy from a, India. A Conte season incoming, am I right? Give it up for why not us, apparently. All right. What are we doing? You have no idea how happy Dan is right now. Look at him. V very. The, the mic drop moment of the tour. All right. How's it going? Hey, my name's Karan. Uh, with Mudrik coming in with, like, a huge price tag, coming from a country that's in a literal war right now, what do you think is, like, a good enough performance to this season to justify his price tag? Because I feel like no matter what he does, it's always going to be like, oh, you, but you got it for 100 million, so you better do that. I think for me, it's all about dribbles and goal-scoring actions, not necessarily, like, pure assists or goals. Like, is he able to help the build-up enough, get in behind enough to create, you know, the hockey assist, right? The pass before the pass. If he does that and he's a consistent threat, he'll be man of the match. Like, people understand how speed looks. Um, I don't necessarily think he's quite yet the finished product, but if he's able to, to bow in behind, uh, drive into the midfield, which he did a couple of times successfully last year, and just be a problem. Like, I just want him to be a problem per game for our opponents, then I'm good. Obviously for him, yeah, it's, it's about creating moments that lead to goals. Uh, FB Ref has SCA shot creating actions, which is really important. It's, to his point, the hockey assist, the assist of the assist. Um, he's raw ability you just need to hone him in and i think potch is going to give him the structure of how to get to the end the end goal you think of like saint maximin and newcastle too fast almost for himself give him some molding now there's an end result and i think mudrick 
his crossing and final pass ability is better than Maximin's, without a doubt. I, I, I think the thing is, get get into double-digit goal plus assists. So his last season at Shakhtar, he had 11 total on goals plus assists. So if you can get back to that level this season, that would be a really good... And like, like that could come as five goals, five assists. That could come as more assists rather than goals. Like, I don't care about the number, but, it, like, that shows the... That shows the involvement. I also think, like, we need a midfielder to play the fucking ball in for him. No, 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 no. When Nick, he makes the run. Your parents are here. You cannot use that language. Sorry, Bob. Play the man in early. All right. Hey, guys, how's it going? Stranger. Um, Patrick Larson from, uh, from Oakwood, Georgia. Um, and of Twitter fame. <laughs> no, no, X fame. It's X fame now. That's so X-fam. true. Um, I just want to know, who is your prediction for the player of the season with the current cast that we have now, and why? That was a good one. Um, Predict the unpredictable. Well, if anyone has a breakout season in goals, that's it. I'm thinking Nkunku from an impact has a really good shot at it. Um, Otherwise, I don't know. It's just going to be something boring like Kovacic. Ben Chilwell. Ben Chilwell is our player of the season. I I love Ben Chilwell. He's going to be a leadership role this season, without a doubt. Chilwell, you're going to see him with the captain's armband a couple times. I agree. Uh, I think so. So I think we didn't get a chance to see this player at the level that we know that they can contribute last season, particularly because they were only with us a half season. But if he gets to play further forward, like he did with the team that won the World Cup, Enzo Fernandez could absolutely be Chelsea's player of the season. And the only reason we didn't see Reese James is health concerns. That's it. If healthy, he's the player of the season. He walks it. All right, Lance. Yes, Lance from Indy through London. Um, somebody you haven't talked about at all. I think he's kind of the forgotten man, and I'm not sure what Ponch really thinks about him is Lewis Hall. What do you think about Lewis Hall and where his future lies? Wait, I mean, we got to see him warm up and see him a little bit. So at least we know he's here. He's around. He didn't get shipped off like last summer. Um, he's in a tough spot, Nick. A left-footed player has played left back. We've got a lot of those. I, I think he's in a really good spot, actually, because I think he'll back up Enzo this season. And uh, if, if Connor goes, there's a real spot for him in this midfield. So Lewis Hall to the moon. I, I love him. He, to the moon indeed he, he's not afraid he's not afraid of the moment he's not afraid of Premier League opposition he's not a left back he's a left midfielder and I think he's going to play there if Mawson stays I think it does hinder his ability to contribute at a similar level this season so you know you would want you would want him to get around a thousand ish minutes this year and I think the question is is how does he get those thousand minutes and more likely than not it would be in a midfield position, um, and with the midfield being as depleted as it is, he's probably more likely to make up the minutes there. Look, you got to get a look at him in midfield, at least in training, see what he's got for sure. All right. Hey, I'm Josiah from Atlanta here. Um, question, who do you think the top five goal scorers are going to be this year for Chelsea? And if you had to guess, how many goals do those five contribute collectively? I, I mean, I think the list starts to pick itself with... Nico and Nkunku and Mudrik are probably three of the five, Nick. I Jeez, yeah, I don't know. Because, like, are they really going to come from midfield if you're a 4-2-3-1? Maybe 
Yeah, you just you got to rely on attackers. Like you can't not go there. If Broya's around, can he chip in enough to crack the top three? You know, the interesting one is if you you if you extend it to top five, you might get one of the two left or right backs in Ben or Reese as a part of that con you know, contribution. Like think about when they were at like. 11 like they were in both double digit goals and assists in terms of total contributions like it, it's not outside the realm of possibility that they can contribute if you brought in kudus like that could be one of that top five as well who's our penalty taker this year great question no answer yet hopefully maybe, maybe we get a penalty tomorrow we'll figure en out enzo seems chill he seems like he'd be able to take one Reese James? Yeah. It, okay. it, was, it might He's, be Nkunku, actually. Nkunku is most likely to be the person, unless Nico's saying, like, hey, I want to be I want to be Didier or better, then it's going to be Nico from a mentality standpoint. It's a, it's a big cojones moment. Um, Pad stats like Harry Kane. I, I know it's not a popular thing right now, but I still think Raz has a lot of goals in him, and I would throw him in the top three. So how about this? Over under 50 for 50 goals across the top five. Under? You gotta take the over. Obviously. All right. Anyone else? Any other questions you want to throw out there? Sorry, just another question. Um, who on earth is our second goalkeeper? And that is a great question. <laughs> and are we it's sticking not with Nelly? That's for sure. Are we really gonna stick with Kepa for a whole season with no competition? Yeah, that's uh, the goalkeeper's a, a, a tough situation. You're one bad run in confidence or an injury away from not knowing who your backup is right now. Um, Gaga Slunia is probably going on loan. Eddie Beach and Teddy Sherman Lowe, they're not there. They're not anywhere at that level. It's Bettinelli on paper, but we all know that's not a great spot to be in. If you look at most of the, the what I, I don't know, if you look at rational people out there that are saying, you need a goalkeeper, you need a center mid. Those are still the two glaring spots in this team from a squad composition that you need. You, you can't go into the season. Like, I get, like, give Keppa all the confidence. The world just got married. Maybe he's on cloud nine. But, like, a couple bad goals go in, we're in trouble. I'm still holding out hope for Mike Mannion from AC Milan. I, I love him. Would be a great purchase. Would be extremely expensive. And very unlikely that as so as we get closer to the start of a season, the clubs are going to be less likely to sell if they feel the need to. Amy, AC Milan still in the Champions League, replenishing very very well. Which league is that? Not is a league that we're not in. No, okay. um, so ultimately, they're going to be less inclined to sell heading into the, the, that part of the season. And so, like, if you want a top goalkeeper. The market continues to dwindle, and you have like two or three additional options if you're going to make it happen. And that is a conversation that needs to be happening now if you're going to get them in to be involved in August. Raya still doesn't have a home, so there's that. Kappa 2.0. All right. Both guys are pretty versatile, but who do you think would be the bigger loss, Galley or Chalaba? Between Gallagher and Chalaba, who's the bigger loss? Chalaba, Simon Close, and like it's simply because Fafana's hurt. Like you have a, a depth problem there that you know you you can fill in midfielders in other places within the squad. Unfortunately, you can't do that with center backs. So, and Chalaba could play midfield if needed. Yeah, that, that's my thought too. All right, 
Sounds good. All right. Well, Atlanta, you've been amazing. Thank you so much for everybody Thank who's you, here. Atlanta. We're going to wrap, but we're going to hang out, uh, continue the party, keep it going. Um, what? We're going to do a group picture as well. So when we get done, everyone come to the front. We'll take a photo. The shirts are for sale here if you need them. Uh, and otherwise, I guess that'll That's wrap. It. Yeah. You want to do it since it's your new thing? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep, Keep the, the blue, blue flag flying high. Thank you, Atlanta. It's awesome. ATL.